Welcome to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations, a podcast exploring the cool Christian girl's guide to living in America. I'm your girl, April Davenport. I'll reveal to you a little personal testimony while merging ministry, education, and real life. We will also discuss current events with relevant figures of our time. It is the perfect blend of headline news, black girl magic, and of course, Jesus juice. Come with me on a journey you won't soon forget. So stay tuned, don't change the channel, and let's take a ride. Confessions, convictions, and conversations. And not just welcome to Confessions, convictions, and conversations, but welcome to Confessions, convictions, and conversations live from a studio. I am literally so very excited because I have been dreaming about this day since I was so very young. And though the dream may not be in New York, I may not be in LA, but because of this day, I know that bigger and better and brighter is on the way. So I am so thrilled, I'm so excited that you are here with me in the studio. And I'm also excited that those of you are here with me joining me live via Facebook and on social media. I'm just so excited to be alive today because it is a beautiful day. You know, today I am so glad to be having this conversation, my favorite conversation with you. So to those here in the studio, and again, to those of you who are joining us live, I count it not lightly that you chose to spend this day here with me. I am so grateful to God for this moment to celebrate another year of life, to celebrate another day of life, to celebrate another moment in time. With everything that's happening in the world around us, the world in which we live, we must appreciate each moment that we breathe and our hearts must always be filled with gratitude. So today, I am filled with eternal gratitude, not only for life, but for my parents, for my family, for my dear friends, and for each person who has made celebrating another fresh start so much more special. I consider myself truly blessed and yes, highly favored. Thank you to my sister, Miss Jennifer Miles, who so beautifully captured the sentiments of my heart at the show's opening. The very first episode of Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations was titled, I am Seely, Tina Turner, and Esther. And in that episode, I explained the importance of Alice Walker's novel, The Color Purple, and the significance that it has played in my life. I remember first viewing the movie as a child, and I'm sure that I was actually way too young to be watching The Color Purple. 
Um, and when I watched it, I fell in love with the movie instantly. I then read the book as a teenager, and I realized that the movie was really only a snippet of the novel. After having watched the movie more times than I care to admit, reading the book countless times, and watching the Broadway play every single time it hits the stage, I can confidently say the color purple has cemented its place in my life. But the words that Jennifer just sang, the words that have been sang on the Broadway stage, the words that Celie tells Mr after he thinks he curses her for life, are a declaration for living. I mentioned in the first episode that Celie says, I may be poor, I may be black, I may even be ugly and can't cook, but I'm here. And like I said in that very first episode, you're never gonna get me to say that I'm ugly, <laughs> but I will attest that I am here. But today, I go beyond that and echo the words of the song. I believe I have inside of me everything that I need to live a bountiful life. In all the love alive in me, I'll stand as tall as the tallest tree. I'm thankful for each day that I'm given, both the easy ones and yes, for the past six months, the very hard ones that I'm living. And I wish that I could say that there have only been easy days, but I would be less than a woman and less than a Christian if I said that. And as I just mentioned, in fact, the past six months have been in fact the very hardest and most challenging of my life. But yet I stand here still very, very thankful we learn the most in our hardest courses, and we grow the most in our rainiest seasons. So yes, I am still thankful. And as the song nears its end, my heart begins to swell. Because most of all, as I stand here on this amazing stage, I'm thankful for loving who I really am. For all of you who tell me I look 25 at 40, for being a mixture of Celie, Tina Turner, and Esther, and for loving God unapologetically. I'm beautiful. Yes, I am beautiful. Because my Bible tells me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And today, on February 2nd, 2021, God has graced me to be here. So while I've asked God many questions, many, many questions over the past few months, I've also made him a promise. If you let me live, I commit to ensuring, to letting my light shine. That's the Tina Turner part. You know at the beginning of the movie, she's singing in the church, I'm gonna let my little light shine. And then the lady puts her out of the church, poor thing. And then she became a Buddhist. Poor thing. Who knows if that's the reason why she ran to Buddha? We don't know, but I won't get into that. But I'm going to let my light shine so that somebody else can see it and hopefully glorify God. But it's more than just about telling you that I'm here. I'm acknowledging my presence. 
And when I acknowledge my presence, I access my power. However, I'm not the only one with power because you too are here. And that means that you can also acknowledge your presence, thereby accessing your power. All month long on the podcast and also through the publication of my book, we've been encouraging you to remember that every day is a fresh start. As you work to free your spirit, free your mind, and free your body, it's important to be intentional about that fresh start. When you've made wrong turns, made mistakes, or feel as if life has passed you by because I'm not the only one celebrating birthdays. Everybody's kind of getting older. It seems difficult to begin again. Obstacles, challenges, roadblocks, detours, all of these things present themselves on our individual journeys of life. How will you begin again? How will you wake up each day ready to take advantage of a fresh start? Well, you must recognize one simple but significant fact. The best is yet to come. I'll say it again. The very best of your life is yet to come. It's ahead of you. It's in front of you. You haven't even seen it yet. It's a part of your future, not your past. When you wake up with the realization that the best is yet to come, you also wake up with the determination to make it happen. So you might be thinking, April, you're very idealistic in your thinking, but there are many great scholars and theorists who support this notion. Winston Churchill, he said, Success is not final, failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. Walt Disney of the famous theme park says, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Nelson Mandela, the greatest glory in living lies not in never failing, but in rising every single time we fall. Miss Eleanor Roosevelt said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. All of these quotes attest to the fact that life is worth the press and it's worth believing that the best is yet to come. But for me, while these quotes make me feel good, it's the assurance found in these words that make me absolutely certain that my next days are my best days. Jeremiah the prophet in 29:11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Paul says to the Corinthian church in uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 9, eyes have not seen, yeah. nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. The minor prophet Habakkuk in chapter 2, verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, it may tarry, but you should wait on it because it will surely come. Yes, I am persuaded that regardless of your past circumstances and even in your present situation, there is a fresh start waiting for you. And as soon as you grab hold to it, you'll be starting to share your best days in the future. But while we get excited about the revelation, we understand that we don't reach the destination overnight. 
You see, life is a journey. And even achieving our best days is a process. I'm so excited to welcome a special guest tonight with me on this birthday edition of the podcast to help us navigate this journey of walking into our best days. I'm so excited to welcome tonight my special guest, Ms. Robin May, licensed mental health therapist, life coach, and speaker. She's an author whose work has been featured in Essence Magazine on the Ricky Smiley Show, and for many years, she was a featured life coach on the Katie Bow Show on Praise 1025. She recently launched her television show, Intentional Living, with life coach Robin May on the AIB Network in Atlanta, Georgia, and on the World Wide Web. Robin is passionate about supporting those who've decided the status quo is no longer enough in their life. She is honored to partner with her husband as they lead Transforming Faith Church, which launched in 2017. Robin has been blessed to accomplish much in her life, but treasures being the wife to husband Lee May and the mother of three daughters, Ryan, Reagan, and Riley. Please help me welcome to the show, Ms. Robin May. What would you say then is maybe the number one reason or some reasons why you feel like people are afraid to live intentionally or they may not uh, live fully engaged? What do you think are some things that hold people back? So people often tell me that it's fear. People often say, you know, as a therapist and a life coach, I have the privilege, quite frankly, to be on the front row of many people's lives to help them navigate their life situations on a day-to-day basis. And April, people always tell me that it's fear. But if you come see me for therapy or if I'm your coach, we don't stop at fear. Because fear is just the, the front, the wall. We have to look behind that word fear. And I ask them, what are you afraid of? And we just keep pulling the layers back until we get to the core issue. Because fear is just the front door. We got to look behind the door. So when they tell me that it's fear, I want to know what are you afraid of? And once we can identify what you're afraid of, we recognize once we turn the light on, the monster doesn't even exist anymore. You have to shine a light in the dark places. And the dark places are anything that keeps you from fully living. And so when people tell me, um, Robin, I'm just scared, I'm just afraid, and we keep pulling the layers back, we get to that core thing. And often, This is going to surprise people. Often that core thing occurred in childhood. It occurred from a a passing comment that someone made. And when you can start to um, take away that power, then you can start to live fully. Another thing I believe, now April, you know I can go on and on. Another thing I believe is that people don't slow their lives down long enough to even figure out what best life is to them. Because what it is for you is different from what it is for me. But we're moving so fast and we're doing the busyness of life that we're not getting to the root of what really drives us. And so many people are living their mama's dream. They're living their daddy's dream. They're living what somebody else said. Instead of of slowing your life down and figuring out what is it that I love? So number one, not knowing what the real deal is and just saying fear and not peeling the layers back to see what you're afraid of. Once you figure out what you're afraid of, let's shine a light on that and compare that to what the word of God says. And then the second thing is that we're not slowing our lives down long enough to figure out what it is that we truly want and what we truly desire. And we're just going through the rigmarole of everyday life. Wow. I think that's so good. I think that's really, really good. Um, you know, 
I think we live in a society where competition and comparison are so prevalent and people are under a, a huge amount of pressure to either do what someone else is doing or, as you mentioned, to do what people want them to do. Um, so how do you think people can uh, remove themselves from those layers, from those layers of competition or from those layers of comparison so that they can begin to walk their own journey? Because I truly believe that life is a journey. And so how do you think that people can begin to walk the journey that's been laid out for them? Well, you know, if I kept going, I definitely would have went to as well, April comparison. And I think, well, not a think, I know that often we are seeing what everybody else is doing. And we're in, let me just say this, I don't even want us to beat ourselves up about that because it's human nature. Of course, we, we're smart enough to be when we were in uh, six, in, in, um, when we were six years old, when we were in the first grade, in the third grade, they taught us how to compare things. And so I don't want us to get caught up on the fact that I might see someone who is a speaker and I'm thinking, wow, that was amazing how she did. Of course you're going to compare, but you can't let the comparisons paralyze you. That's the difference because you could glean something. You could learn something from looking at what someone else does, but you cannot let it paralyze you. And that's the difference. And so when you talked about how can people push past, one of the things I'm going to tell you is that you are not meant to live on isolation island. Let me say it again. You are not meant to live on isolation island. That means you are not meant to do life by yourself. One of my favorite scriptures is in Mark. It's actually a story that's told several times in the Bible, but it's particularly this particular story when, um, and many people know the story, when these men, their friend was crippled their friend could not walk and they took their friend to see Jesus and the Bible says that they climbed they got to the house and the house was it was people all around they couldn't get to the door so they climbed up on the roof and they lowered their friend down to Jesus and the Bible says that Jesus took, looked at that man and said because of their faith you are healed because of their faith because of the faith of his friends he was healed. And so what I want people to understand is you got to get some people around you who have some of that because of their faith. You got to get some people around you who are going to encourage you, who are not going to let you stay stagnant, who are going to speak life over you, who are going to tell you what your gifts are so that when you won't get up, they're there pushing you and reminding you that you have to get up. That's the first thing. You got to get some purpose pushers around you. Don't do life by yourself. Another thing I believe is that we have to recognize that we all have a unique like we really have to understand that when God crafted us, when he created us, he does nothing without a purpose. I need you to really get that. Because when you think you don't have a purpose, you are speaking against the character of God. Let me give it to you again. When you decide that you don't have a purpose, you are speaking against the character of God. And I don't know about you. I don't want anybody saying something about me or representing me in a way that doesn't honor who I really am. So God doesn't want us to do that either. And so when I, as a child of God, imply or act, hear me, imply or act as if I don't have a purpose, I'm speaking against the character of God because God doesn't do anything without a purpose, without a plan. And so when you say what's keeping us from living our best life is because we don't recognize that when we're not fully living the life that he crafted and created for us before we were formed in our mother's womb, he had this life crafted and created. And when we decide not to do that, we are deciding to walk against 
the will of God. And when we see it like that, we don't have a choice. If we want to honor him, listen, the Bible says, and I'm going to stop here. There's a scripture where it says, where Jesus says, I finished my work. I honored you by doing here. He said, I glorified you by doing what it is you called me to do. He didn't say, I glorified you by running around the church. I glorified you by paying my tithe. I glorified you by going to service every Sunday. He said, I glorified you by completing the work you called me to do. So if we want to glorify God, we got to get still so that we can hear what it is he's called us to do and not just hear it, then we have to do it. I like that. Amen. Um, we're right there with you. But, you know, Robin, I think that sometimes, you know, people, especially if we think about this past year, there can be disappointment on top of disappointment. There can be, yeah. you know, broken dreams on top of broken dreams. Uh, there can be grief. Um, you know, when people are facing a year or years of disappointment, it can interfere with their ability to dream, with their ability to feel as if they have more purpose left in them. So how do you help people remember that they do have a purpose? How do you help people renew their sense of purpose and, you know, get back to that place that you just mentioned um, and helping them to remember that we all were created for a certain purpose and that I can't complete your purpose, you can't complete my purpose, um, but sometimes the circumstances of life kind of cloud our view and it, you know, it, it hinders our vision in making sure that we get to that place. Absolutely, and remember the Bible says that there's a time for everything under the sun. There's a time for everything under the sun. There's a time to grieve. There's a time to cry. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to laugh. And so one of the things I have told people since March, since we really got to this um, global pandemic, and not just the pandemic, quite frankly, everything that happened in 2020, one of the ways I've described it, and quite frankly, what's happening into 2021, and one of the ways I've described it is like we are all walking around, whether you are dealing directly, personally with COVID or somebody you know is, just the reality of what we're dealing with, it's like we're walking around with a weighted blanket on us all the time. It's like it's just something heavy sitting on us. And that's why I brought up the scripture that says there's a time for everything under the sun. We have to give ourselves permission to feel. I'm going to say that again. Mm -hmm. We have to give ourselves permission to feel, to acknowledge what it is. Hear me with this. You cannot heal what you don't allow yourself to feel. Right. So when you try to ignore what you are feeling, I promise you, trust me when I tell you this, write it down, take it to the bank, cash it. When you ignore what you feel, you will not heal. And so what we're doing is we're stuffing. And when you stuff, it comes out in a way that you never intended for it to come out. It comes out at you snapping at people and people are like, what's wrong with her? It comes out with you um, not being as motivated as you normally were. It comes out with you um, not taking care of yourself physically. When you stuff, it's going to come out some way. And so you have to give yourself permission to really feel. So as we're going through this year, absolutely, there's a time for everything under the sun. Sometimes you have to say, this is my season where I am recovering. Mm. 
This is the season that I am in recovery. And what does recovery look like for me? I'm getting poured into. I am waking up a little earlier, not to do busy work around the house, but just to meditate, to pray, to be still. I am making sure that I'm taking in messages that lift my soul. Remember this, our souls have a capacity. Right. Let me tell you again, our souls have a capacity. I'm sitting in Dallas, Texas, in my uh, childhood home, and there's a table right here in front of me, and I can keep putting things on top of this table, and eventually this table is going to collapse because after a while, this table can't hold everything I'm putting on it. I'm telling us, sometimes we are at capacity and we don't even realize it, so you have to stop and allow yourself to discard some of the things you are carrying, And when you do that, when you pause and allow yourself to heal, then your vision will get clearer. And so many times we're trying to push and press at times when we need to rest. So even right now, I know when I need to rest, I need to say, you know what? This one I can do, this one I can't do. I can say yes to that, I can't say yes to this because I have to know that my soul has a capacity. And so I want to encourage anybody, if this last year has been heavy like it has been, if it's been overwhelming like it has been, you're not crazy, you're just human. And God wants you to allow yourself to heal and that means you have to feel. And it will, April, it absolutely will cloud Um, The the pains of life can make it difficult to navigate. But let let me say this. God is um, uh, the the master at taking all of our craziness, all of our... He was into recycling before recycling got popular. He can take all (laughs) that stuff. All that stuff we've been through, all that stuff, all those tears, all the broken promises that we we we've experienced, all the things he takes all of that and he uses it for our good. He takes all of that and he turns it around as as cliche as it sounds. He really does take your mess and make it a message. But yeah. many times we jump to that without going through the process. Just keep going, keep going. He knows how to make it all work together for your good. Right, I appreciate that's good. That's really, really good. It's really good. Um, you know, sometimes as Christians, especially you know, in the Black Church, we uh, kind of shy away from terms, you know, like therapist, like life coach. Um, you know, especially even even in 2021. Um, so, can you just explain a little bit the difference between a therapist and a life coach? Absolutely. April, I cannot believe that people, when they come to see me um, for therapy, they are still shocked that I'm a black woman. People are still shocked that they're a black therapist, even in 2021. Um, and um, I understand it. Uh, I laugh with my mother all the time. I was reading my old journal uh, from childhood. Um, I was like, a journal from when I was nine to 14. And clearly somebody needed to be in therapy. I needed to be in therapy back then. <laughs> but back in my day, my mother didn't even, therapy wasn't even a frame of reference for her. That wasn't even something she would have thought of because in the African-American community, especially in the black church, it is, girl, you better pray about it. Right. Or go talk to your mama about it. Pray about it or go talk to your mama about it. You sure don't go talk to nobody because what happens in our house, y'all know it, stays in our house you don't tell tell anybody your business um and i understand the the um wisdom in that to some degree because no you shouldn't you know because now this generation this generation tell everything but this generation puts 
everything on social media. Um, And so there should be a balance. But the difference between the two, this is an easy way to think about it. A life coach is focused on helping you identify what is in front of you that's stopping you from moving forward, and it is very goal-centered. We want to help you get over there. And so we are talking about what are the roadblocks, the normal roadblocks that are keeping you from getting over there. Therapy often is focused on what happened back there. It's really talking about healing, trying to help you overcome traumas. Try, it doesn't even have to be, uh, a lot of therapists refer to it as big T's and little T's, big traumas and little traumas, helping you to navigate the pain of your life. Now, let me say this. I'm a life coach and I'm a therapist. And so many times in my therapeutic role, I am using life coaching skills. But it is, it's like they're cousins to one another. So the easy way to understand it is life coaching is is not going to be focused on healing okay it's not going to be focused on healing it's going to be focused on you moving forward and thinking about the common roadblocks common roadblocks can be mindset so a lot of times as let me give a very real example as a speaker um when you're trying to identify what your speaking feat is, for example. It can be a mindset that stops you, um, um, uh, like a lack lack mindset that stops you from setting a price that is healthy. And so your coach is going to help you figure out what is that roadblock that's stopping you from that. If you're trying to change your eating habits, a life coach is going to be saying, what are the strategies that we can deal with? Now, as a therapist, I'm going to be asking questions like, Back when you were five years old, tell me about, you see what I'm saying? That's the difference. I want to look at what happened back then. As a coach, when I take on a coaching client, I'm not, most likely, I'm not going to be talking about when your mama hurt your feelings because she said X, Y, and Z. I'm going to be talking about moving forward. Okay. I like that. That's good. So, but how do you think we can all maybe learn from our past in order to, to look ahead so that we can all feel like, you know, the best is always yet to come. Because I think that even um, as, you know, people celebrate birthdays and they get older, many people begin to think that they've conquered the best of their life. And, you know, um, but I always want people to believe that, you know, their latter days are their better days and that there's never, it's never too late to learn um, and that there's always greatness ahead. And so I think that sometimes people think that they've, you know, passed important uh, milestones, that they've passed, you know, important marks in the road, and so it's too late to do something. Um, But how do you think that we can maybe just, you know, pick up those lessons from the past, and even if we pass the milestone, um, to go ahead and look ahead and say, you know what, the best is still yet to come. Let me tell you, y'all all all know that uh, when you have Christmas dinner, when you have Thanksgiving dinner, those leftovers tastes almost better than the original (laughs) meal because they had time to savor. Those seasonings had time to really soak in. The older you get, your seasoning has just soaked in. You're just even better than you were back then because you have a wisdom. You have a a, um, uh, uh, intellect that is to a whole nother level. And so Oh, I think that is such a, um, an area that I really want to challenge people because we need those who are wise, those who have walked the walk and talked the talk. I tell people all the time that there are people who have an ear for what I have to say, but there are 
people who can't hear from me. They need to hear from this person over here because this person over here has been through something different than what I've been through. So you should never let your age stop you. As a matter of fact, here's a quick coaching assignment I want y'all to do. I'm going to give you a coaching assignment and a counseling assignment. A coaching assignment is I want you to Google people who have succeeded late in life. Just Google People who have succeeded, oh my God, that's just getting me excited. Because it's going <laughs> to blow your mind when you see how people really start to make change in their life and have great opportunities later on. But to your point, um, and the, this is the counseling qu- uh, assignment, when you talk about what do we do with helping people understand how your past really can help you in the future. This is the uh, assignment I want you to do. I want y'all to get a journal. This is one of my favorites. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a journal that I sell like this soon and very soon. But I want you to get a journal. And I want you just to keep that journal on you for a full month. And this is what I want you to do. At the top of one page, I want you to put zero to five years old. Now, I know if you got somebody in your audience who is over 50, they're going to be like, Robin, really? We're going to go back that far? Yes. Zero to five. Then I want you to put six to ten. Then I want you to put 11 to 16. I want you just to keep doing that in increments of five all the way to your current age. So at the top of one page, zero to five. The top of the next page, six to 10. You're going to do like that. And this is what you're going to do over the course of a month. I just just want you just to go through your everyday life. Just as you're thinking about things, as, as you have a conversation and something comes to your mind and you think, I remember when I was seven years old and um, we went on this vacation and I remember just something that really stood out to you, go put it under the category of that age. And I want you to do that over a month. Let me tell you what's going to happen. It's going to start to be a pattern of experiences and how you responded to the experiences that are going to help you understand why you show up in life the way you do today. Okay. Okay? Okay. So again, You're going to write down, just casual. You're going to intentionally just be thinking when you're talking to a friend, when you're looking at a TV show and something pops up in your mind about, um, you know what? I remember when I went on my first date and just go write that down and write down what happened and what you felt. And you're going to begin to see a pattern. Let me give you an example of that very quickly. I remember... um, for many years, I didn't understand why when things got really crazy, when things got overwhelming, I just wanted to go in my room and close the door and act like nothing was happening. And so I started to do this. I started thinking about why do I do this? Why do I do this? And my parents tell a story about how I was in this room where I am right now. The whole family was sitting in here and we were just laughing and talking and I could see the kitchen very clearly. I get up at about five years old, y'all, about five years old. I get up and I go, I wish I could show y'all, but you know, when you're doing a Zoom, you make sure everything in front of the camera is neat and everything else is crazy. I don't want y'all to see what's really happening on the other side, but I could show y'all the door. I get up and I go close the door and my, I come back and sit down probably right here. And my mom says, why did you, why did you close the door? Cause she was in the kitchen cooking and she had just come in here to sit down for a little bit. She said, why did you close the door? She said, Robin, go back over there and open those doors. I said, okay, if you want the fire to get us, the whole kitchen was on fire. Oh my God. And I had just closed the doors and sat back down. And when I remembered them telling me that story and I just began to look over my life, 
there was situation after situation after situation where I would just get up and go close the doors and go sit down because I just couldn't deal with it. And I began to realize, Robin, that is a destructive pattern of behavior and it's showing up in your everyday life. And if you want to change what's happening, you got to change that destructive pattern. But see, many times we don't pay attention to that stuff because I'm 46 and we think at 46, I shouldn't still be thinking about what happened at five. I shouldn't be thinking about what happened at 10. But I'm going to tell y'all something. With the couples I work with especially, many marriages are falling apart because people don't pay attention to what happened when they were eight, what happened when they were 12, what happened when they were 15, and they're taking it out on their significant other without realizing it ain't him, boo. It's you, and you haven't healed yourself. And so your past, absolutely, hear me. I don't care how old you are. Your past directly informs your present. Yes. Now, now let me say this, April, because I can't say this without, without um, before we go on, because I have to make sure y'all understand this. This, this is not about blame. Yeah. This is not about trying to hold somebody else responsible at a certain age. And I like to say around 18, around, but you know, people want to argue with me about that. But I say around 18, at some point, you can't keep blaming mama them. You right. can't keep blaming your grandmama and your uncle and your auntie. I'm from Texas. We say auntie. But you do need to look back to see why you show up the way you do. And this is how I describe it. God forbid if you were walking down the street and a sniper shot you and you laid on the ground and you're bleeding, you can't wait for the sniper to come back and heal you. You got to get to healing yourself. And many times we're blaming mama and we're blaming daddy and we're blaming our cousin. We're waiting on somebody to come and heal us. And I'm saying they're not coming. They're not coming. You got to go get the healing yourself because I promise you, you've hurt somebody else and you're not going back to them fixing it and so at some point you got to take personal responsibility for you so yes the past informs your present this is not about blame this is about responsibility because when you can see the patterns of your life you can begin to change what you're experiencing today wow that's good you've given us a lot to chew on a lot of homework we need to do all of that and we appreciate everything that you've said. It's been also good, also very um, informative, also very encouraging. Um, and so, you know, before we leave, we know that in Ephesians 3.20 says that God is, you know, able to do more and abundantly, even more than we could ask or think. So what would be one thing that you say that we can take from tonight, in addition to our homework, that we should apply daily in order to begin to live our very best life? April, girl, you know what? You don't even understand how that question right there makes me want to run around. But I'm not going to do it because, again, the rest of the house looks a mess. So I'm not going to show y'all that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I preached a whole message on this scripture. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. We call it the E-double-A life, exceedingly abundantly above. I want y'all to walk around your house saying exceedingly yeah, abundantly yeah. above. Yes. Just do that. When you're in the mornings when you get up, just do this. People are going to think you're crazy. Right, right. <laughs> just do this exceedingly abundantly above. And so, but here's the key to that. This is the part where we miss. 
And y'all got to know, I love God and I love his word. So I have to say this. We take scriptures out of context. Right. And that's the reason why so many people are not living the abundant life that he promised because you're not reading the scripture in context. Yes. That scripture says exceedingly abundantly above. According to, to. it says, according to the power that, that, work in, in us, yeah. that works yeah, in us. That works in us. According right. to the power. Let's thank uh, Miss Robin May again on tonight. Thank you so much. And we are believing and praying, God, that you're going to be living your best life also. So we'll be checking in. Thank you so much, Miss Robin May again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Wow, we, we have a lot to go on. So I hope that you guys remembered your homework and that you'll be uh, doing your counseling assignment and your coaching assignment and that you begin to tap into the power that worketh in each one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. We are just getting started. So make sure to connect with me on social at AS Davenport and at Fresh Start Fridays. For more information on the podcast, please visit www.asdministries.org. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and be a part of April's Army. Remember, anytime is a good time to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, live by your own personal convictions, and it's always a great time to have a good conversation. I'm your girl, April Davenport. See you next time.